of the announcements. Let us begin to commence into the word of God. Isaiah chapter 43 is where we will go first. I will be reading from the New King James Version. Amen. So if you're reading from the King James or any other version, it might read just slightly different. So I'm going to ask you to remain standing. Amen. Um, as I read and you read along with me in silence. Once I finish reading Mark uh, chapter 2, I'm going to continue to ask you to remain standing as we petition the throne of grace and pray. Amen. Before we go into what thus says the Lord. Amen. So let us begin reading Isaiah chapter 43, starting at verse 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a pass through the mighty waters, who bring forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field would honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I, have, I give waters to the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. Amen. Amen. Let's go quickly over to Mark chapter 2. Amen. Start reading at verse 18. The disciples of John and the Pharisees was fasting. Then they came and said to him, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old, and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into an old wineskin, or else the new wineskin bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but new wine must be put into new wineskin. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing this word. I want to talk to you about are you ready for a new thing? Are you ready for a new thing? Bow your heads with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your grace and I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I ask you, oh, Father, to allow me to step back, oh, Father God, as with your free will, I give you this vessel to use to preach to your people your word, oh, Father God. Bless right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, each and every ear that is willing to receive and every heart, oh, Father God, that is willing to receive. Touch their mind right now, God, that their word may come forth like a powerful wind, oh, God, that he may receive it, oh, Father God, that we may continue to go forth and build your kingdom. And God, as you do such a thing, we forever will give your name the praise for the glory and honor only belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's see. Can you give God a praise like you did before? Hallelujah. 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 Hey, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, all right. You may take your seat. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And it's good to be back in, at home, amen, and in the house of the Lord. And it's good to see each and every one of you, amen. 
Uh, for the last 30 days, I have had some good days and I have had some bad days. Amen. But how many of us know that all things work together for the good of those who love God? Amen. So even the bad days were still good days because God will work it out in his favor. Amen. And for our favor. Amen. For those who love God. Now, I, I, I want to talk to you, you know, uh, about that in particular, uh, this particular scripture. Um, and I want you to kind of get an idea. I didn't quite understand exactly what God was giving me when I was writing this message, amen, as I was pinning it and he was giving it to me, um, but I think I understand it a whole lot better uh, right now, and I'm hoping that you will, you know, as well. Um, uh, for the last last Sunday and earlier this morning, of course, I'm on a time restraint, amen, so uh, here, a great day, amen, I'm not on a time restraint, amen, uh, but at the same time, you know, I understand that everybody's attention span may not last because I want you to get it, amen, that's the most important thing, I want you to hear what God has to say, amen, again, it is good to be back at home, but at the same time, we need to understand that whenever God is speaking, it is not no more uh, in this house anyway, we don't consider it a sermon, Amen. We consider it as a message. Amen. And what we need to do is hear the message that God is giving to his people. Amen. And we should take that message and we need to run with it. Um, but this is an important message that God has given because it will affect each and every one of you. Amen. But you got to make sure that you're ready for it. Uh, amen. We talk about a lot of things and we like to, you know, we like to play around. You know, I'm going to say that. Yes, we do. We, we, we like to play around. Uh, but when it's time to get serious for God, then there's always a f only a few people who's ready to get serious for God. Don't worry. You don't have to give me any amens because I'm going to be amening myself already. Amen. But but there's only a few people who's ready. Amen. When God say, let's go and other people still wants to have church. Amen. When well, we want to serve God. See, there's a difference between having church and serving God. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a difference. A lot of people like to have church, but see, I want to serve God. And in the midst of serving God, you know, I can give a praise. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. But but I want you to understand that this, this particular message that God is giving me, and he's telling you, you know, he asking you a question because he already said it in the message that is not coming. I don't want you to hear it. I'm, please don't understand what the title of this message. The message did not tell you to get ready for a new thing. Amen. The, the message was a question. Are you ready? For, for a new thing, amen, which means that the new thing is happening now, amen. So, so you got to determine whether you, you are ready, and I want you to understand something that is, that is really big, and I know that some of you is going to find this very hard to swallow, and, and you would understand why. Hopefully, you will understand why. Some of you who's already ready, you would know why. Trust me, I'm a little ignorant myself, so I have to say what I have to say in terms of uh, me receiving uh, what God has given for, for, for me to receive. Sometimes it takes a little 30 days for you to sit back and just kind of look at yourself and go, okay, God, I get it. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe it won't take so much as long as, as for you. Um, if you look at the, the, to start with Brother Mark here, amen, and, and he's telling a story about particular Jesus Christ and his interaction with the Pharisees and the question that they had uh, asked him. But if you look a little bit of verse up. I think we started right there on uh, verse 18. But if you look at verse 17, he, he, he told them that I did not come for the well, but I came for the sick. I did not come for the righteous sake, okay? He came for, for the sick, all right? So this, this is for those who are not ready, amen? This message is for those who are not ready. For those who are ready, amen, then we need to mount up, amen, and we need to start moving forward because when God say move, we're supposed to move. We don't ask no questions. We don't ask where are we going. We just move, amen? 
amen. So wherever we see him going, that's what we do. And trust me, we don't have a lot of people, amen, who's ready for that, but we got to get those who are not ready to get ready, amen, amen, or get to be able to receive it. Now, if you look for that, when all of a sudden God, they, they said that they were the disciples uh, of John. I want you to understand that this is, this, is, this is very important. This is really profound, amen, at least for those who are going to probably get it. This is profound. The disciples of John, you, you hear that? You have God present. Amen. God. Do you hear that? God is present in the scriptures to the Pharisees said disciples of John, that mean the teachers of John, and also the disciples of the Pharisees were fasting. And then the Pharisees looks at Jesus and say, why are your people not fasting, or why are your disciples not fasting? Now, now you got to really understand this. Right now, we just named three different churches. The church of John, the church of the Pharisees, and the church of Christ. And, and, and the question is already right now is the fact that we, we, we supposed to serve the same God. And here's the mentality of the Pharisees, which is the mentality of a lot of our people. We're all supposed to be serving him the exact same way. That's a lie. I know it's going to be difficult for you to understand that, but it is a lie. We all do not serve God the very same way. We don't praise God the same way. We don't worship God the same way. And the reason why we don't worship God the same way is, is very profound, and we're going to get there very shortly. But I want you to understand something about the Pharisees. If you know and study the Pharisees, the Pharisees fasted twice a week. I knew one of the days if we study is Tuesday. There's a lot of discrepancies because I wasn't back then. I'm not that old. Uh, but I do know that we all agreed or all the scholars agreed that one of the days that they fasted was on Tuesday. Some are discrepancies that some believe that they fasted on Thursday. Some others said that they fasted on Friday. So I don't know what the other day is, but I do know Tuesday is one of the days. We do not know how often the John uh the Baptist disciple fast. Some say he, they fasted two days. Some they say they fasted only one day. What day that was? Well, we do not know. But however, we can assume that it was either that we're, we're saying that it's probably that Tuesday because we know the disciples of the Pharisees fasted on a Tuesday. And this particular scripture indicated that John disciples was fasting at the same time of the Pharisees disciples. So we can just unfortunately, assume that this was a Tuesday. We do not know. It could have been the other day that we are unaware of, so we do not know, all right? But, but understand that, that, that we, we went through the kind of the same thing, you know, I remember, you know, being a part of an organization in our organization, okay, we fast on Tuesdays and we fast on Thursdays, amen. But how many, how many of you are going to accept what I'm about to say is that we have been doing that all wrong? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, uh, you know, Pastor. The reason why we're doing it all wrong is because what Jesus, his response indicated, but throughout the gospel, actually throughout the Bible, but we have not seen it because we weren't ready to hear it. We are all suffering from the Nicodemus sickness of ignorance. We want answers, but we wasn't prepared for the answer that God was giving us. We, we, we want change, but we're not prepared for the change that God wants to implement in our lives. So why did he respond to that? He said, what do you, what do you mean? He said, how can they fast when the bridegroom is present? Do you understand that? No, okay, well, well listen, listen. When you're fasting, you're fasting for particularly two reasons. You can fast for anything, but you're fasting for particularly two reasons, okay? One, you know, could be for growth or could be for grief. I say growth or grief, meaning you're looking for something. 
for growth or for, for grief. So you're asking for something. Or for grief because you're going through something and you need to, you, 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 you want that, that, that spiritual jump. That's most of the reason people fast. But either way, whenever you fast, you, don't, you very rarely see people in a very high energetic mode because if they're looking for growth or they're fasting for grief, they're spiritually challenged, not wounded, not depressed, not oppressed, not down, not everybody. But there is a challenge there because they're looking for something. That's what we always knew as fast. So Jesus Christ is saying, what do they need when I'm here? Why, why would they be in grief when I'm here? What kind of growth would they be looking for when I'm here? In other words, anything that they need, anything that they want, anywhere they're going, I'm already here. So why would they need to go through anything when I'm standing right next to them? But when I leave, oh, they're going to have to fast. But for right now, they don't need to fast. What are you talking about? Wait, watch this. They were with him. That indicated something. Let me, let me take a sidestep a little bit. Okay, I guarantee you everybody in this room right now, those who are saved, those who are not saved, just pretend that we're just listening to a story and maybe someday you'll get there. But everybody in this room who are saved, you were personally touched by God. And if I guarantee you, if I tell you my story, how I got touched by God that made me give my life to him, your story will be different from mine. Why is that? It's very simple. I am married to her. The relationship that we have is not the same relationship that you're going to have with your husband or you're going to have with your wife. Why? Because the personality of me is different than your personality of your husband. The personality of her is different than your personality or the personality of your wife. It's different people. So the relationship is going to be different. Think about it, folks. Let's just say you have a group of friends, okay? Now, you have a group of friends. Even though you guys are a group of friends, your relationship with one of the friends, although all of you are friends, is different than that relationship with that friend. Why? Because of the personality of that friend may not be as close as the personality of the other friend, even though you all are friends and you all have a relationship. Jesus himself chose 12 disciples, but he had a different relationship with three of them. Did he not? With those three, his relationship was a slightly different. And what am I, Pastor, exactly, what are you getting to? If God touched you, how many people allow people to touch them? Exactly. How many of you allow people in your personal space? Hmm. If he felt enough to touch you, that means that he had initiated a personal relationship with you. And if he initiated a personal relationship with you, we messed it up. Because once we got the relationship, and that's gonna, I'm just going to, again, take a little sidestep on this time. You know, we found a guy that we like or we found a girl that we like. Then we go tell our friends and we ask them, what should we do now? You don't know that person. You asking advice for something that you need to trust was down on the inside, and some of us don't even trust that. Y'all don't get what I'm saying. Okay. When you have a personal relationship, take note that the word personal is there. And the problem is, when the Pharisees asked Jesus Christ, there was no personal relationship. He responded that his disciples have a personal relationship with him. That's basically what he was saying. And because they have a personal relationship with him, they didn't need to fast. What they were saying to the Pharisees is said, hey, today is Tuesday, and in our religion, 
we fast. Y'all still don't get it, do you? See, the problem thing is what God is trying to do is eradicate religion and get you to accept a personal relationship with him. Oh, that's, 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 that's deep. And why is that deep, Pastor? It's because if you develop a personal relationship for God, you'll stop getting jealous when he bless somebody else. You want to know why? Because, see, the first thing that we do in a religious atmosphere is the fact that when we see one sister get blessed, we want to know what they did. That's why conferences are so big in churches. We see a pastor with 2,000 members, and all of a sudden you got other pastors coming to this conference because we want to write down, what did you do? But if you got a personal relationship with God, all you need to do is relinquish control. And he'll tell you what you need to do so he can send who he wants to you. They didn't get that. Okay, let me, let me break that down. Let me break that down. See, some of you are still trying to control what God has for you, and you can't control it. I had to admit, I have to admit, I, 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 I'm a personal, y'all got to understand this, I'm a personal control freak. You, you know why I'm going to say a personal control freak? It's because I don't worry about controlling you, but I'm very much concerned about controlling me. See, that's why, it's, trust me, I was not a, a goody two-shoe growing up. I was not saved growing up. And I tell people often, I never drank and I never smoked. When they say you never drank and never smoked, they think you ain't do anything. I was the biggest of sinners. In fact, I was so big in my sin, I enjoyed my sin. I know some of y'all didn't enjoy your sin. I had a wonderful life of sin. I just couldn't afford to pay for it no more. So I gave my life to God. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll lean on. But I was a bigger of sinners. Even though the reason I never smoked, the reason why I never drank, because I understand that drugs is a controlled substance. Alcohol is a controlled substance. And I did not want to relinquish control of myself to anyone or to anything. So I'm a control freak. And my friends used to tell me, oh, are you scared? No, I'm not scared. I just don't feel comfortable for a few hours that I don't know what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do. I want to stay in control of what I say and what I do. Oh, were well, you scared? They, I ain't going to tell you some of the words they do you, oh, yo, oh, yeah, whatever. But no, I would tell them, hey, listen, give me my Pepsi, and I will remind you tomorrow what you did and said tonight. <laughs> and trust me. If you think you didn't have, you only can have a good time drinking and smoking, try taking a soda, sitting back and watching drunk high people. Trust me, you're going to have a good time. And it's going to be a better time tomorrow when you tell them what they did, but we'll leave it alone. Yes, I have a control issue. But I did not realize that once I gave my life to God that the control issue still existed. Until these last 30 days. And that's pretty sad. I know I gave my life to God. Yes, I gave my life to God. And I had to, he kind of reminded me, well, you didn't walk up to me and relinquish control. I put you in a situation that you had to. And then he told me in the last 30 days, now I'm putting you in another situation that you have to give me even more control. See, we have free will. And no matter what they teach you and whatever they told you, God does not take your free will. But if you are the called, he will put you in some tight places. You can continue to do what you want to do, but if you want to get a little relief, you have to relinquish some control. 
Let me explain something to you. All right. When after he said that, Jesus gave an analogy, a powerful analogy. He says, listen, you can't take new wine and put it in an old bottle. If you put new wine in an old bottle, the bottle is going to burst. Now, most of us, especially who read the King James Version and seen the word bottle, the New King James Version said wineskin, which is actually more accurate. If you have a different version that didn't use bottle, it might be even just as accurate as the New King James. So let me explain why a lot of people get confused when Jesus made that analogy. Because we begin to eisegize scripture. What do you mean by eisegize? When we saw a bottle, the first thing came to my, our mind was glass. But that's not the case 2,000 years ago. The things that they used with wine was actually leather straps that was wrapped around wet. It was actually skin that they were wrapped around and then they would, they would allow to harden as they wrapped around and they would pour juice inside the bottle. Now, let me explain something to you folks. Now, what they make over in St. Louis is not the same thing they made over in Israel. You didn't get that. Don't worry. All right. But let me explain a little bit of it. If you take juice and put it inside of a bottle or a vessel and you make sure that it's airtight, oxygen cannot get into it. There's two things that inside of juice that's going to turn into alcohol over time, yeast and sugar. What happens is the yeast begin to expand. And as it expands, it begins to cultivate with the sugar. Once it cultivates with the sugar, it begins to change the sugar. And when the sugar changes, the sugar turns into alcohol. That's how you get wine. So I'm going to explain this one more time. Inside of juice is yeast. And yeast expands. It grows. Now, y'all have to get this. He made this statement to them. And you have to ask yourself, why did Jesus do that? Because all they asked him, and he kept going. Y'all know y'all said, but you asked Pastor a statement, and he keep on going. I know, because I'm trying to teach you something, but you just wanted a yay or nay. But I'm trying to teach you something, just like Jesus Christ. He is my mentor. Amen. <laughs> so if I'm long-winded, so is Christ. Okay, let me stop. So, so the only thing they asked him is, why didn't I fasting? And he went further, and he made a comment about the bridegroom. Then he went a little further and talked about clothes. But then he ended it with this powerful analogy, and he said, listen, you can't take wine, new wine, unfermented wine, and put it into an old bottle. Let me explain. Because once the bottle, once you take skin, right, Skin, also, you got everybody in here, well, not, not everyone, but most of you in here have leather shoes. If you have leather shoes, you would know that leather expands. It's, it's nothing but skin. You know, if you had a child, when you was pregnant and your stomach expanded, you're going to see a little stretch marks. Why? Because it's skin. Your skin expanded. It grew. Okay? But after a while, once it gets hardened, I'm talking about the bottle again now, once the bottle skin gets hardened and you put new wine inside of, that means that the wine skin or the skin of the bottle actually has stretched to its capacity. When you put 
new wine in it, and the yeast begin to ferment, and the yeast begin to grow, and it's pressed against the bottle that is already expanding, what's going to happen? It's going to bust. Jesus, okay, well, wow, okay, Jesus, we, we, we got that. Yeah, but you missed the analogy. You see, remember what Jesus said after he was dealing with the Pharisees? When he had told them off, he had turned uh, uh, the, the fish and multiplied the fish and multiplied the bread. And they said, talking about he was Beelzebub and all this stuff. He got into the ship and, the, and the, he looked over at the disciples and he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the, and, and the disciples thought that he was talking about, they, oh, we left bread at home. Y'all remember that story? Yeah, yeah, right, right. And, what did, and then they, and the scripture said, he said, how long do I got to dwell with y'all? Are you serious? Jesus got even upset and said, how many times did I feed 5,000? How much bread did we have? Well, you know, what about the fourth? How, how much bread did I have there? So he was like, you think I'm asking you this question has something to do with bread? Are you serious? Which means that they didn't get it. In other words, if he blessed before, I mean, come on, if I bless 4,000 or 5,000 people, you mean tell me I can't bless 12 of y'all? Why were you worried about 12 when I just showed you now and before? I blessed 5,000. I can't bless 12. It's amazing how God blesses us, how quickly we forget that he did so. And we get stressed and worried and concerned. He got upset. Then they realize when he began to tell them that he's talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees. What's leaven? Yeast. If he used that as a form of doctrine, why is he not using the wine as the same thing? God doesn't change. Think about it. If he's saying you can't put wine, new wine, into an old bottle, what is he talking about? He must be talking about the same thing he mentioned before, the doctrine. What doctrine? The doctrine of the gospel. The gospel is something new. What he's saying is that when you get the new word inside of you, it's going to make you grow. But if you're an old vessel, it's going to tear you apart. The problem that we're having right now is we got too many old vessels in great day. And you're struck because you're upset because it's tearing you apart. And you're not ready for a new thing because you want to be able to control it. See, religion helps you control things. See, think about it. Think about it. Tuesday, we're going to fast. So what do you do Monday? You make sure you eat very well. <laughs> or you might eat late at night. Why? Because I'm going to fast all day tomorrow. Or what time to fast start? Six o'clock. I'm getting up at five. I'm going to eat a big breakfast. Why? Religion allows you to control things. But a relationship, you're going to get a call about 5 in the morning. Fast today. And you have no control. You just obey. We don't like relationship. Because relationship relinquish control. See, religion is designed so that we can control what God do and what God say. And then when we don't get what we want to get, we want to blame God. And not religion. Because of the circumstances, you got to understand that when you look at one person, how they got their blessing, you know that. Oh, God did it for you. He'll do it for me. That's true. But that's not really what you're saying. What you're saying is how he did it for you, he's going to do it for me. That's why we want to mock everything that they do. No, it don't work that way. Don't you know that your blessing is tailor-made for you? 
Well, see, this is, this is how I got, you know, this is how I got my car, and this is how I got my car and my house. And this, don't, don't, don't you understand that? Watch this. Really? Is, that, that's, that's what's important. So we, we always look at blessing has to be attached to material things. Jeremiah was called from his wound. He was sanctified in his womb, in his mother's womb. He knew God. God knew him in his mother's womb. And what kind of life did he have? He couldn't get married. His family didn't like him. His friends tried to kill him. But on the other hand, I wonder what Jeremiah thought about Isaiah, who Isaiah had the same gift of, as a prophet, but Isaiah was born in a noble house. He was wealthy. He knew kings. And no one tried to kill him. In fact, he was using his gift before he recognized and accepted God. He didn't accept God until six chapters later. And how long do we know those six chapters? That six chapters could have been 30 years. And then we want to quote, you know, Isaiah and say, well, I got to send some people. Who can I send? And God said, send me, Lord. And we, we got to be like Isaiah. I don't want to be like Isaiah. Well, I don't want to be like Isaiah. Isaiah felt like God caught him with his pants down. Oh, y'all don't know that, huh? He said, woe unto me, for I am a man with unclean lips, and I dwell among people who are unclean. Remember now, he felt that he saw the face of God. Any good Jew know that if they see the face of God, what's going to happen to them? They're about to die. But if the same God who you think that you're about to die, who just caught you with your pants down, and he said, I need to send somebody over the great day, I go. Give me a second chance. And then God gave the resume out. Okay, this is, I'm sorry, not the resume, the job criteria. Here's the job criteria. I'm going to send you to your own people, not strangers. To people who got to have ears, but they ain't going to listen to nothing you say. To people who have a heart, but they ain't going to receive nothing that you say. And Isaiah was like, okay, yeah, I go, but how long do I got to stay? How did he respond to it? Can I paraphrase? Until I tell you so. Why are we constantly worried? I mean, we, we want to we wanna look at like we're not blessed because we don't drive a Lincoln. Or we're not blessed because, well, I don't have 2,000 members. Don't you know your blessing may not look like that blessing if you have a personal relationship with God? Somebody hit the lottery, but you don't have cancer no more. Somebody got a wife, somebody got a husband, but hey, you still happy, single, and satisfied. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. We always try to control God about the blessing. We get blessed every day and don't say thank you because it's not the blessing that we want. Oh, my God. We can't even say thank you, Father, because we didn't get that blessing. And guess what? We get prompt, and people know people. Satan know people. That's why he said the gates of hell has enlarged in itself, because the hearts of man is never satisfied. So what he's doing, I know what y'all want. So he sends his servant into God's house and say, give me a $500 line, and I'm going to give you what you want. And you get excited. I ain't got $500, but I'm going to get in this line because I believe God. You don't believe God. You believe that line preacher. And you know that's what you're doing. You didn't believe God because if you believe God, the Word told you what you need to do. The Word is true. He's, a, he's not a man that he should lie. But you didn't accept it. You allow that thing to expand. 
Now watch this. If you take new wine, if you change and become a new vessel, if you allow God to make you a new vessel and you take new wine, when you put new wine into a new vessel, both of you begin to grow. Oh, my God. You begin to expand as the word begins to expand. See, the gospel destroys some of us because we don't want to hear it. We want to do this. Well, I want to be a preacher. He didn't call you to be a preacher. He told you to be the best darn deacon you can be. Oh, my God. He didn't call you to be a deacon. He called you to be an usher. Be the best usher you can be. But we can't do that. We keep worrying about what they look like. Oh, they don't give me enough credit. Who are you trying to please, God or the pastor? Who? Who are you trying to please? Who are you trying to impress? That's why when pastor take a vacation, everybody else does. Why? Because he's not here to see what I'm doing. What about you doing what God called you to do? Oh, you ain't ready for a new thing. Mm. You say, I'm Lord, I'm ready. Lord, bless me with this new thing. How can you say you're ready for a new thing? Because you're ready for a new thing. It has to get inside of you and remember what the yeast does. If the yeast is the doctrine, it's going to change you. And we don't want to be changed because we're control freaks. I know God has gave me the gift to sing. Yeah, that's your gift. Keep on singing. But that's not what he called you to do. He didn't call you to be Shirley Caesar. <sighs> well, I want to make a CD. That's not what you're supposed to do. If that's what he wants you to do, go ahead and do it. But if that's not what you want to do, enjoy the gift. But fulfill the calling. We don't want to accept that because we always want someone to give us certain type of accolades for the work that we're supposed to get from God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. We want to teach because we want to show everybody what we know. Y'all ain't ready for a new thing. You're going to have to allow God to change you from that old cracked up wine skin vessel. And let him put a brand new one on you so you can begin to receive it. Some of you continues to run from God's calling. Many are called, but few have chosen. Why? Because fear of you relinquishing control. Why? Because I don't know what he's going to have me do. Exactly. Well, who, what, what friends am I going to lose? You're going to lose some. Do I, can't, I love my boyfriend. Do you love God more? God is a jealous God. He'll put you to the test. Don't you know that he allow you to break up? You got to fall in love with him. You pass that test, he'll bring him right back. But when you keep failing the test five years later, my life sucks. I'm not on Facebook. I was in Florida. My sister was just showing me some stuff from my nieces and nephews putting on Facebook. I said, that's why I'm not on Facebook. It's depressing. People put all their business in, oh, my life is horrible. My life is terrible. My life is this. I'm in the bathroom using it, and I'm sitting here thinking, God, I don't need to know all that. And when I say something on the pulpit, TMI, Pastor, but y'all stay on Facebook. Everything on Facebook is TMI. Oh, y'all mad at me. And when you start telling the same people who suffer from depression and talking about taking their life and tell them, hey, I can introduce you to a God that'll make a change in your life. I don't do the God thing. I don't do the church thing. It's amazing that people would rather live in poverty. And I'm not talking about wealth and money. I'm talking about in desperation. I'm talking about in oppression. I'm talking about mentally and emotionally. They'd rather live in poverty instead of serving God. 
And some people who come to church are one of the most phoniest people they are. I'm going to tell you why. Because they refuse to let God be God. And he's desperately trying to bless you. I'm a living witness. I'm telling you. I know what I, I, I thought. I know I love God. I've been asking myself since January, God, what are you doing? Why are you forsake me? And finally, for 30 days, maybe he had to get me away from great day. He's like, I never forsake you. Then I asked him, I'm like, well, what, what's going on? He said, then let me be God. And you stop trying to. And I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. And I mean, well, you, that, that's my father. I'm like, and, I, and I'm thinking, I didn't want to say I'm not trying because he's not a man that he will lie. So I had to ask myself, and I began to examine myself just like with communion. When, when did I try to be you? Because you keep taking all the old stuff and trying to make it work when I'm trying to do a new thing. You afraid of the new shitamokosh. You afraid of the new thing. It don't fit your character. Let me be me. Let me do what I want to do. I can't do nothing unless you grant me permission to do it because I gave you free will and I'm the Lord thy God. I cannot take it back. So I wait on you. If you want to be God, go ahead and be God. But God, I'm just, I I thought I was doing the right thing. I know, but you ain't listening because the right thing is what you were taught, not what you heard. Because if you heard me, you will know that I'm trying to do something different, but it's uncomfortable for you because you got so used to the old thing. Y'all don't hear me. Watch this. Now look at 43. Look, look at God. Look at it. We're talking about this new thing. Look what he says. He said, thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and the path. Notice this. Thus says the Lord. Isaiah hasn't started telling you what God said. He's, he's, he's telling you about the God who's about to say what he's going to say. Do you all understand that? He's, he's, he's giving you an introduction to the God who's about to say something. A lot of us took this as God said. God didn't say this. Isaiah said it. He said, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, who made a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horses, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They shall, they are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. What is it? Isaiah is introducing the almighty God. To whom? To Israel. What do you mean he introduced it? He's telling Israel, remember what God did? In Egypt, that's what he said. I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you what that God said. You know, the one that made a pathway through the waters and the seas. The one that brought forth fire. The one that told the horses, had them to lie down when he put a pillar of uh, 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 fire in between them. That God, I'm going to tell you what that God is saying. He's telling them, this God has a word for you. And he keep going, watch this. Then he gets to the, the first thing he tells them that God said is, do not remember the former things. Isn't that amazing? Isaiah started off with the former things, and the first thing he says that God told him to tell you is, forget about the past. What past? What I did. Y'all don't get it. See, you still thinking, even when you say, I know God is going to bless me with a house, so I'm going to play the lottery. 
I'm just telling you the truth. I'm guilty. Why? Because I got to figure out how he's going to do it. And then I got to help him. No, God say, I'm the Lord thy God. If I told you I'm going to do it, you ain't going to never figure out how. Your thoughts are not my thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. Well, uh, well how did, let me see. How did you bless uh, uh, Sister Sarah with that house? Well, you know, she was singing on the choir. Uh, I want to join the choir, Bobby. You don't think I'm lying. Well, you know, she, she's always coming to the church cleaning. Well, I want to be on the cleaning committee. You want to do the exact same thing thinking you're going to get. God says, hey, forget about what I've done in the past because I'm about to do something brand new. And you know what the problem is? The problem is we got too many Pharisees in here. See, the Pharisees is used to God doing things the old way. And when he tries to do a new thing, we can't accept it. And you know what we do? Oh, God won't do that. It's amazing how you want to tell me that I can't hear God, but you judge God based on the things he's done in the past. But the Bible says, and don't worry about that no more. In fact, stop worrying. Stop looking at it because I'm going to do something that's going to blow your mind. Can you receive the unbelievable? Can you actually vision the unimaginable? No. Then you're still stuck in old wineskin. And every time he tries to pour that thing inside of you, it blow you up. Well, I know God won't do this. When did God make you God or his secretary? God won't do that. What do you mean God won't do that? He just said my ways are not because I know God won't do that. The only thing God won't do is contradict his word. He won't contradict his word. That's it. That's all you know God won't do. He will not contradict his word. So what you expect? God is just going to have somebody come give you, uh, uh, just come give you a house? Is it in the word that I would never have somebody come give you a house? No. So, yeah, it's a possibility then. Why? Because it ain't contradicting his word. Well, that's insane to believe that. That's the point. You got to go insane. You got to lose your mind to be able to accept the unimaginable. I just don't see that. If you don't see it, then remember, it is given a measure of faith. Oh, y'all don't get that, do you? If you don't believe it, how can I achieve it inside of you? That's what he said. If you can believe it, all things are possible. Didn't he say that? Well, I just don't see you doing it. That's why, well, I don't think we need to speak in tongues anymore. That's why you haven't spoken. I don't believe all that prophecy. That's why you can't prophesy. God don't speak to you. He don't speak to you because you ain't listening. That's the word. Did he say it was going to stop? No. Only time he said that, he said prophecy will cease, tongues will cease when? When perfection come. Has perfection come? Nope. So it can't stop. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. It's because you keep struggling with this religion. People got upset with me because first Sunday I said, I'm not wearing collars. Oh, well, we're supposed to be, you know, wearing collars. Well, isn't it first Sunday? Why are we not doing communion? Don't you know what communion is supposed to do? He said, do this as often. You can do communion on second Sunday. You can do it on third Sunday. Religion say first Sunday. If I switch it up, y'all going to have a fit. And you know I'm telling the truth. That's why you ain't got some people running. Is pastor back? You so stuck in religion. Well, I got to pay my bills so I can't work. Okay. He just said on the tithing that he'll pay your bills if you give. So you go, well, no, I got to work on Sunday. God said, well, then fine, go right ahead. Plus, I'm going to curse you, but then go right ahead. 
Then you get mad at him or get mad at the church. All they want is money. Are you serious? You know what you gave. And some of you know you didn't give anything. Did we kick you out? Did we dismember you? Tell the truth and shame the devil. You go into a club, you got a flat fee. You come into church, there's no flat fee. You can join free. But the world will tell you, yes, all they want is money. But you want to come in, well, it's so hot in here. You ain't pay your tithes, so and we ain't pay the light bill. <laughs> well, the pastor, he's he getting all the money. How am I getting all the money? You think everything around here is free? It's, a, it's amazing how Satan have us so ignorant, and we buy it. Why? Just because we want to control what we do and won't let God control what he wants to do. That's all it is. It's a religious control system. When God, remember, Jesus Christ got crucified because he wanted to destroy tradition and destroy religion. That's what he want. So, folks, I've got to ask you a question. Are you ready for a new thing? Because I want you to tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something. You, you say, amen. Amen. Yeah, pastor, I'm ready for a new thing. Okay, well, let's just see what he has to say. He said, uh, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Do you don't see that? That means how he did it. Don't expect for him to do it that way now. Huh? Okay, wait. Watch this. Watch this. Behold, I will do a new thing. You know what behold means? Look. Hey, pay attention. Wake up. Look. Stop tying your shoes. Stop looking at the door. Pay attention. Look. Behold. He's telling you. Pay attention. I'm doing a new thing. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Look at that. He said, now I shall spring forth. When? Oh, y'all didn't get it. When? Oh, oh, oh. So, so I remember somebody said this one time. They said, you know, y'all better get ready because God is about to do. God ain't about to do a new thing. He said, I'm doing a new thing. Open your eyes and see it. I'm doing a new thing now. Right now. Watch this. What's the new thing? Let him tell you what the new thing is. Watch this. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you know it? Folks, that's sad. God said, I'm doing something totally new, and I'm doing it right now. Who noticed it? Some of you didn't even notice it. You're still complaining about the same situation. God said, yeah, because uh, you didn't update. <laughs> Why is this thing not working right? You, you got to get updated. There's a software update. <laughs> and when you get a software update, remember, before it gets installed, he got to shut you down. <laughs> I don't want to get shut down. Well, it's going to keep acting funny. My money going to be funny, the house going to be funny, the leaders going to be funny, the church going to be funny. What? Until you get updated. The new thing is already here. Did you notice it? I'm tired of this way. Then get updated. I'm tired of this way too. I'm tired of feeling like I'm doing all the work. Ooh. Let a watchman, a leader on the wall. And when pastor here, I take over. No. When pastor not here, I go on vacation. Y'all, pastor, stop fussing. I'm not fussing. When Jesus went crucified, what did Peter say? Wasn't he the leader? Every time Jesus was there, I go, I go with you. I do this, I do this. Wherever you want to go, don't watch me, my foot, watch my whole body. I'm going fishing. Everybody a leader when the leader is around. No, you need to be a leader when the leader is not around. That's what makes you a leader. Oh, shit. 
I knew I'm gonna get Amen, 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 Amen. Okay, all right, you know, so here we go. That's what makes you a leader. Stand up. When there's no one else to take lead, I take lead. Well, you know, people gonna say I overstepped my boundary. People talking about you anyway. At least you're gonna get something done, and guess what? God is gonna give an approval unto you. Don't you know people's gonna be sitting there looking, yeah, they wanna be this, they wanna be that, and let God bless you openly. Oh my God. Y'all don't like, let me close, let me close. I'm coming to my clothes. Watch this. He said, huh? He said, now, it's just, do you know it? Shall you know it? Will you recognize it when it comes? It's here right now. I see it. Forgive me, Lord. I'm no different than you. You think I'm beating you up, but I'm not beating you up because for eight months, now number nine in September, I didn't see it. I started doing the things the old way, especially when we got the building. Let's pick up, let's do it. And God was trying to make a change, but no, I was stuck in my old ways, doing things the old way. And he's telling me in the last 30 days, let me be God. You know how that makes me feel when you think that you are a child of God? I don't know how you feel, but you think about it. When you turn around and look at your situation and realize that you're at fault, (laughs) when you blame the devil... And the devil's going to God, you should curse him for lying on me. Call me a liar. <laughs> That's what Satan probably went to God. He called me a liar. He a liar. That wasn't me. That was him. He did that mess. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. I'm coming to my close, I promise. Watch this. Now, it's just me voice. Shall you not know it? Watch this. I will even make a road in the wilderness. What do you mean? Huh? I will even make a road in the wilderness. And rivers in the desert. Folks, he's telling you the new thing. What's the new thing? The new thing is something that you would never imagine. Who would ever think that there will be a river in the desert? Who would ever believe or imagine a road through the wilderness? He's telling you. You got to understand, he's not going to write it out because everybody's life is personal with God. But in this verse right here, he's telling you the new thing individually. If you let me be me, I'm going to do a new thing in your life that you have never even imagined. Let me be me. Fear hinders. Fear keeps you in control. But if you relinquish your control, the word tells you what he wants to do. He's telling you that I'm going to do something that you can't even imagine. You've been asking me for it. And every time you ask me, I take what you need, which is the gospel, and I pour it inside, and then you don't recognize that I'm pouring something new into your old wineskin. And every time I give it to you, it blows you up. It tears you apart. And you get upset with me. I'm preaching to myself. Don't let it be just to you. I'm sitting there beating myself up. He's saying, you didn't beat yourself up. I tore you up. How many of you have been beating yourself up? Why did I do this? God said, no, you didn't beat you. I tore you up because I'm keep giving you something new while you keep holding on to something old. How many of you really can be ready? for a new thing. Can you really receive it? 
Do you want to know why they didn't receive Jesus? Because they, was, they were still with the old mentality. They thought he was going to be the king. They stuck in the old. He's telling them, forget about the old. If they actually forgot about the old, they would have recognized the fact that maybe he's something else other than the king of David. Could it be possible that he's something else other than that? But if you don't let yourself get to that point, how would you ever see? That's why when Nicodemus came, Nicodemus couldn't even get his question out. Jesus like, man, forget it. You ain't going to get it. You got to be born again. Meaning, born again, you got to become new to receive something new. That's what born again means. You have to become new to receive something new. And some of us, well, I've been born again. Yeah, I know. But let this mind be in you and also in Christ Jesus. What are you talking about, Pastor? Very easy. Your mind has to change. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renew, newing of your mind. Once your mind is renewed, even though you was born again, then I can do a new thing in you. But as long as you think the old way, I can't give you a new way of thinking. <laughs> as long as you're looking for the old blessing, and the old blessing are discontinued. <laughs> They're discontinued. My son wanted a book bag. She went on Amazon. He told me to order it. I, I, I put it in there. Got busy with everything else. He said, Dad, did you order the book bag? I said, oh, let me do it right now. As soon as I got the order, it said, out of stock. I'm like, dude, sorry, he's out of stock. He got the expression on me. His, his face was like, you should have did it when I asked you to do it. He didn't say that because you know he, you know. But he gave me the look. Why you ain't order it when I asked you to order it? You should, you missed that. What you looking for is out of stock. It's discontinued. You sitting around waiting for that. I guess I'll wait for it tomorrow. That's me. I've been waiting for it. Y'all know. I told y'all in January. Maybe it'll come in February. Didn't I tell y'all that? Don't lie. God even told me. I'm going to tell you what God told me. He said, if you really want to know, he said, ask Lachelle. I'm going to be honest with you. He said, ask Lachelle, ask your wife, and ask Shanika every message you preach. I didn't told you, boy, from January what I want you to do. And you didn't do it. So I want all those messages. Because he said, in your message, I've been telling you, you weren't listening because you're just trying to control it. You're so happy you got the property. Hallelujah. And you say, okay, now we're going to do what they did over at Bethel, what they did over here at Buddha, what Dita. No! This is an end time church. I'm trying to do something new that Bueller will look at you, not you looking at Bueller. Oh, my God. And I couldn't see it. And it starts individually. God, don't bless Y'all, y'all, I know y'all not going to accept this. God doesn't bless you group. He bless you individually, and when you come together as a group, then y'all bless each other, and y'all bless the church. That's what he does. He don't need everybody fasting on Tuesday, but he just need everybody to fast. He don't need everybody turning down the plate. Some people need to turn down Facebook. It's not the food that's keeping you from the gospel, but Facebook is. And some of you can really not eat for 12 hours, but you can't go 20 seconds without checking your phone. Ooh, it's a new day. And we sitting there doing the old thing. And we wonder why fasting is not getting it. No, because even though you're not fasting, you're not eating, you're still in front of the computer or you're sitting there on your phone and you're still not make, reading my word. Try a new thing and you'll receive a new thing. My God. I'm going to stop. I'm sorry. Come on, give God some praise. Come on. Give God some praise. You should give God some praise because he revealed something to you. 
you should give God some praise because you want to tell God, I want a new vessel. I want to become a new vessel so I can receive your new thing. I want you to make inside of me, God, new wine so I can receive the unimaginable, so I can perceive the unbelievable. That's why you should give him a praise. You should give him praise just because you don't possess it is already here. Your blessing is already here. Don't you know your blessing got your name on it? Even though you don't possess it, he's telling you this is how you got to get it. Ain't nobody else can claim what God has given. Can't nobody claim what already belongs to you. My God, my God. My God, my God. All God wants you to make Satan mad sometimes in the midst of it just because you gave your word. Remember, I'm the Lord thy God, and I do not change, and I'm not a man that I will lie. And if God just told you, and I'm holding a good book in my hand amongst his people, standing on a good stage, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I know God. God has not lied. So you should give God a praise just because, Lord, I'm willing, God. Hey, thank your Father. In the name of Jesus, I'm tired of the old thing anyway, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give you the highest praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God. 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 Don't you say yes unless you want him to do it. Oh, you better be ready. You better be ready. We serve an awesome God. You better be ready. If you're ready, you tell him, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Make it in me, Lord. Fix me, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. All right. I don't know what that change is going to do. I don't know what that change is going to do. But I'm here to tell you all things work together for the good. All things work together for the good. All things work together for the good. Hallelujah. I don't know what that change is going to look like, but all things work together for the good. Hey, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at your ex-husband or your ex-wife. Don't look at your ex-boyfriend. God is going to do a new thing. Don't you worry about them. I believe God. I believe God. You sitting there worrying about why they seem like they doing something better. He's trying to update you. My God, my God. My God, my God. Come on, one more time. Give him some praise. Thank you, Lord. Hey, thank you, God. 